So we are in the series which we've called First, all right? And uh, behind me we have the logo of what First is, where we're learning to put God first in our lives, all right? We're learning to make Him number one and make sure that our heart belongs to Him completely. And we've started talking about the financial area. You know, I could have picked any area, but we picked the financial area for a couple of reasons. One, uh, we're in the month of November, and November, what do we celebrate in November? We're about to celebrate it this week, Thanksgiving. So November, they say, according uh, to statistics, that it's the month that our nation is more conscious of being grateful and of giving. All right. Uh, as you guys know, we will celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday. We're going to have our, our service here on Wednesday night. And then on Friday, what will happen on Friday? People usually go what? Shopping. All right. What do they call Friday? Black Friday. All right. Now, a few years back, they established something else, which is on Monday. What do they call Monday? Cyber. Mo- hey, you guys know what's going on, man. <laughs> Cyber Monday, all right? And actually now more people are buying online on Cyber Monday than actually on Friday, on Black Friday. But now on Tuesday, they've named this something else. Every every year it's like something like gets that up and they call it Giving Tuesday where people give to different charities, all right? And organizations and all that. Because they say that on the month of November, people are more conscious of being grateful and of giving. So we chose, okay, to start our stewardship focus on the finances because that's what we're thinking about. But number two, because I really believe, okay, that when we speak about our finances, our hearts immediately, all right, they're like, what are they talking about? Money? Oh, no, you know. I actually know a couple of people that have been taking uh, some vacation from church the last few weeks, you know, and uh, we're going to... The thing is that this thing's going to go on for a year, man. So we're going to talk about it. Matthew 6, verse 21. All right. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. All right. So if we're going to put God first in our lives, he needs to sit in the throne of our hearts. And if he's going to sit in the throne of our hearts, then he has to go and visit our area of treasure. Now we have Laura here with some crutches. I, guys, I'm going to pray over this church. No more crutches, no more ankle injuries, no nothing, all right? We pray healing over you, Laura. She actually fell down her stairs a few nights ago, so uh, we pray for healing. So we're going to put God first. That means that Jesus, listen to this, guys, is not only our Savior, but if we're going to put God first, that means that Jesus is also our Lord. Okay, that he is Lord over our lives, that he has the final word. He has the final say over each, okay, of the decisions that we make in our lives over how we want to live. Jesus needs to be Lord. Now, I want to tell you something today as your pastor, all right, and is that I'm very proud of you guys that are here this morning, okay, and I'm proud of you guys because you guys have been assuming the responsibility of the challenge, all right, that we've given you. Last week, okay, we had our Commitment Friday for the Dream Team, and on Sunday, we named it Commitment Sunday, all right? And actually, there uh, in, in your seats, there's still commitment cards, because I know that some people didn't come last week for whatever reason. We want to make sure that you have the opportunity to participate in what we're doing as a congregation, as a spiritual family. 
You know, we run together. We do this together. So at the end of the service, you can fill that commitment card. And if you have questions, you could come and ask, you know, any of us here in the front. There's going to be uh, a table also outside, uh, right under the, the first banner. But I want to tell you, okay, that last week we had 175 commitments that were filled by this church. All right. 175 commitments for a total Okay, this is a commitment that you guys made, church. You ready for this? This is to give above our tithe the commitment that we made to give in the next 12 months is of $225,731. Amen. Can we put our hands together to God for that? Okay. That's you guys. That's me. That's all of us. That's a spiritual family. That's us participating in what God is calling us to do. Now, if you were going to make a commitment, you're like, oh, no, I don't need to do that. Look how much money there. No, man. You know, we all get to be part of this amazing thing that God is doing here in our spiritual house. And I want to speak to you guys a little bit of what could be done. Last week, I spoke to you guys about tithing. And I want to tell you something, you know, if you didn't come or even if you came and you want to revisit that teaching, we have it on our YouTube channel. Okay, our YouTube channel is Numa Church Miami. Okay, and you could look at it there. I actually went deep into some stuff that we usually don't talk about. But I actually took the time to explain it and go by verse and and go into all these things and the importance of giving in church. And uh, I have something here that that I was studying this week that really blew my mind, okay, this writer named Mike Holmes, he addresses what would happen if Christians would start giving a minimum of 10%. Remember that I gave a statistic last week, all right, that only, okay, 20% of the people that were here, we actually give our tithes, okay? There's an 80% that does not give our tithes. That's not only here. Okay, I want to tell you something that actually happens in the church in America. And this writer says, what would happen if Christians would give a minimum of 10%? According to Holmes, $165 billion, okay, listen to this, $165 billion would become available and could be used in the following way. So he gives an example of how that money could be used. And I think that we might have... uh uh, that up there. He gave an example. He goes, $25 billion could relieve global hunger and eliminate deaths from preventable diseases within five years. You imagine that with $25 billion. $15 billion could solve the world's water and sanitation issues, specifically in places where a majority of the people live on less than a dollar a day. $12 billion could end illiteracy. $1 billion could fully fund all overseas missions work. Can you imagine that? And now here comes a big one. And a hundred to a hundred ten billion dollars would be left over for additional ministry expansion here in the U.S. Can you imagine that? That's if everyone that attends church in the United States would be tithers. That's what could happen. That's huge. That is why. We speak on this, and it's important that we learn what does the Bible say on it, okay? And today, guys, I want to speak to you guys on the topic of first fruits. 
I want to speak to you guys on first fruits, all right? Because today at the end of the service, what we're going to do is that we're going to bring a first fruit of our commitment, okay, to the first worship focus. We're going to come and we're going to bring it here. So for example, let's say that someone here this morning made a commitment, let's say of $5,000. That's just an example. I'm throwing out numbers. All right, and this morning you decide, okay, my first fruit of that $5,000 is going to be $500. So that's the first portion. That's the first part. And that's what we're going to bring here at the end. Now, I want to clear up something because this week, you know, there's been a little bit of confusion and I always want to make sure that we're clear on what we're doing as a church. The first fruits that we're picking up today have to do with the first stewardship focus and with the commitment that you made. It does not have to do with the first fruits that we usually pick up every year in the month of January, all right? The first fruits of January have to do with, you know, the first income or whatever God blesses you at the beginning of the year and you give from that, okay? But that's not what we're picking up today, all right? What we're doing today has to do with the commitment that we made last week or that maybe you will even make today. You know, I've had a couple of people during the week that have reached out telling me, Pastor, I'm still praying. I actually didn't make a commitment last week. I'm still praying and I've been talking to my wife to see exactly what it is that we need to do together. So today is a good day for you guys to make that decision and and, and sign up. Also, people that have reached out and like, Pastor, every year, you know, we pick up a Thanksgiving offering. Does that mean that this year? Because I have my Thanksgiving offering ready, some people have told me. Listen, if you have your Thanksgiving offering, you can bring your Thanksgiving offering, whether today or on Wednesday. I'm not going to stop you from giving, okay? Because at the end of the day, that has to do with what God is doing in your heart. And at the end of the day, you and I are never going to outgive God. I want to tell you that. So if God places in your heart to give, you go ahead and do it. Do it freely. Do it with love, all right? The other day, I have my prayer room at home and I have my desk in the prayer room. And... uh I love it when my kids, okay, when it's either my birthday or Father's Day or something like that, they make me a card. They could go out and buy a card, but my favorite ones are the ones that they make. And the other day, I walked into the prayer room, and I see this funny long one. Literally, is like if I pick it up, it's all the way. And they, you know, Bella, the one that was singing up here today, she painted my face, all right? It's not that cute, guys, all right? It's not looking too good. And then it's like the whole body, the good, my body looked good because it was like super skinny. You know what I'm saying? All the way down and all the way in the bottom in the body, she wrote things that I mean for her. All right. And she just laid it out all open like that. Guys, I sat there and I just sat there and I sat there and I just drooled. All right. Because I'm like, this is my little girl, the way that she sees me. I love it. I'm not going to stop her from doing that. As a father, I love that. So that's the same way that we are with our father when we give to him. You know what daddy God does? He might stop everything that's going on in heaven and say, look what my son, look what my daughter's doing. How much they love me and it's coming from their heart. You know what I'm saying? You're a parent, you know, you had your kid up here. You know how much it means when they do something for you from their heart. You know? So what is first fruits? All right, that's what I want to speak to you guys on. The, that's a, the, the first question. Leviticus chapter 23, if you could go on your Bible. Okay, and it, that verse is going to come up behind me in a second. Leviticus 23, verse 1. It says, this is the Lord speaking to Moses. It says, give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you enter the land I am giving you, 
and you harvest its first crops. When you do what? You harvest the first crops. Bring the priest a bundle of grain from the first cutting of your grain harvest. Okay, what was the Lord telling them? Bring the priest a first bundle from the first thing that you actually harvest when harvest time comes. The Hebrew word, okay, pay attention to this, first first fruit is the word bikurim, all right? And it literally means, I love this, promise to come. The word first fruit in the original language means promise to come. In other words, the Israelites, okay, and God when he was speaking to them, all right, this is the way that they saw their first fruit, an investment for their future. And that's why we had our children come up here this morning. Because every time that we give and we have the opportunity to give, guys, I want you to think beyond our, okay, comfort. I want us to think that we're preparing the way for the future. For the future. We're preparing the way for our future. All right? The Israelites saw those first fruits as an investment into their future. God told them that if they brought their first fruits to Him, He would bless everything that would come afterwards. Proverbs chapter 3. You guys could go with me there. Verse 9 and 10. I'm going to read from the NIV. Proverbs 3 and 9 and 10. And this is Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. He wrote, Honor the Lord with your wealth. With the first fruits. What does he say? Honor the Lord with your wealth. But then he describes what kind of wealth with your, say with me, first fruits. Can you say that with me? With your first fruits of all your crops. Then, that then is important. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. How many like overflowing things in your life? Amen. That means that you have a lot of it. When things are overflowing, that means that you have more than enough. Okay, God is saying, if you bring your first fruits to God, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats, which that's what they would use for, for, for the wine, will brim over with new wine. You see, this reminds me of the scripture when David says, that God prepares a table for him in the presence of his enemy. And he goes, and my cup runs over. God promises that if you give him the first fruit, you know what? There's going to be a promise for a future that is going to be an overflowing future. In other words, we're showing God by faith, Lord, I trust you. And what God does is then he blesses. Now, I want to tell you something. I don't think that there's any farmers in here. Any Any farmers? Anybody that actually works agriculture? No, right? All right. Back there? Who works farming? You back there. All right. So check this out. This principle of the first is still relevant. A promise to come means that you plant a seed on the ground. And what do you hope for? That that seed that you're planting one day is going to what? Is going to grow and you're going to benefit from it. You plant that seed with what? With hope in your heart. You plant that seed with what? With faith in your heart. The same thing when we give our first fruit to God, okay? It's a promise to come of His blessing. A promise with action, with sacrifice. Guys, it's having our hands open to God. 
You see, a lot of us, when it comes to this, we might be tight-fisted. Like, oh, no, I'm not giving. You know how I want to be when it comes to this, Lord? Open-handed. You see, because if I'm tight-fisted, I'm going to fight for whatever it is that I'm holding on to. But if I'm open-handed, you know what I could do easily? Lord, I could give it to you, and I'm open to whatever else you want to give me, Lord. You guys understanding what I'm telling you? King David is a great example of this in the Bible. The Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. He was a man with open hands and an open heart. In 1 Chronicles 21, verse 2, he was about to give a sacrifice to God. He, he needed a place where he wanted to worship. And the guy where David comes, he tells David, David, I'll give you that land. I'll give you the animals for your sacrifice. I'll give you the wood for the sacrifice. David, just come and use my place for the sacrifice that, that you're going to use. If it would be me, I would like, oh man, the Lord just hooked it up. It's not going to cost me anything. It's free. They just gave me the wood. They gave me the animal. They gave me the land. They gave me everything. This sacrifice is going to be the best sacrifice I've ever given. But look what David says. But King David replied to Aruna, no, I insist on buying it. For the full price. David wanted to buy the field. He wanted to buy the animals. He wanted to buy the wood at full price. And here's the heart. I will not take what is yours and give it to the Lord. I will not present a burnt offering that have cost me nothing. He understood that it had to cost him something. He understood that there was sacrifice that was involved in, in giving to God. So... The term first fruit, and I want you guys to, 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 to really pay attention to what I'm going to say. Initially is mentioned in the book of Exodus, okay? When Moses is leading the people out of captivity from Egypt into the promised land, and he instructs the Israelites to give the first crops when they get into that promised land. Now I want you to understand how that has to have messed with their hearts. Because these guys are slaves. They've never had anything in 400 years. And finally, they're going to have something that they could call their own. Finally, they're going to have something that they could say, okay, this is mine. This is the promised land that God has given me. This is the first time that I actually plant something and I could enjoy it. I don't need to give this to Pharaoh. This is my own. And the Lord says, how about that first portion you give it to me? You imagine how that has to have messed up with them? You see, God wanted them to understand, okay, the value of God's blessing. If you trust me with this, don't worry. The rest of the land and everything else that's coming after this is going to be yours. But let me make sure that I'm first. Let me make sure that I have your heart. Let me make sure that you don't put your eyes on the blessing. I remember many years ago when I started working, the first thing that I went out and bought my set myself, you're not going to believe what it was. It was a TV for my room. Man, I was working. I brought my tithe to church. And I'm like, man, I'm going to get myself a good TV for my room. And I put it up on the wall. I put my cable on it. And now I had a flat screen where before I had those big tube TVs. Any of you guys remember those tube televisions? You guys remember that? You know that when they wouldn't work, you just smack it a couple of times on the top. And then it would actually start working. All right? Now, when I bought that TV, I was like, man, this is such a blessing. I put it in my room. And all of a sudden, the blessing started to take the place of the blesser. Because the time that I used to invest in prayer and in reading, 
the Bible and in reading books, you know what I was doing now? Lying down, watching Sports Center, watching basketball, watching football. And the Lord called my attention. And he goes, haven't I blessed you? And I'm like, yes, Lord, you have. He goes, well, my blessing is taking me away from you now. I was like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Does the Holy Spirit speak to you like that or is it only to me? Because, man, when he speaks, he, like, brings correction. You know what? He brings adjustment to my life. So God wants to make sure, guys, look over here, that the blessing does not take his place. That even though he blesses us, he still remains as the center, the the first place in our lives, center and foremost. So through the first five books of the Bible, Moses brings up the idea of first fruits 13 times. And that's because it was an essential concept for his people to understand. First fruits is mentioned throughout the Bible, and guys, it's even referenced in the New Testament. It's not Old Testament stuff. Even in the New Testament, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 20, Paul makes a mention, pay attention to this, that Christ, Jesus Christ, all right, is the first fruits of all those that have fallen asleep or of all those that have died. And what he's saying, if Christ is the first fruit, if Christ was the one that died and resurrected, you could trust that all the other ones that die will also resurrect. I don't know how many here this morning have that promise with a loved one that you've had. That one day you and that loved one are going to be reunited again because you know that if Christ died and resurrected, that was God's first fruit. You know what? Your loved one will also resurrect from the dead. That's my hope. You see, this morning, I opened Facebook a second. And I don't know if you guys know those Facebook stories that says, five years ago today, have you seen that? Ten years ago today, you became friends with such and such person, or you did this or did that. Well, my Facebook, I opened up, and it said five years ago today. And it was the pictures of me marrying my mom and my dad in the hospital. Before my dad passed away, he asked me if I could officiate a ceremony where he could marry my mom because they had never gotten married before. It's one of the most wonderful memories. I, I will die with that memory in my heart. And today when I opened that Facebook and I saw that, I was like, wow, I I can't believe it. And I go, one day I'll be reunited with my father again. Why? Because Christ was the first fruits. And I know my dad will resurrect and we will be together in God's presence forever. And that's our hope. What started as a specific instruction of bringing crops to the temple priest was explained later on in Scripture. It no longer refers to a literal fruit, okay? I know you, some of you guys love me and some of you guys bring me aguacate. You know, some of you guys bring me mangoes, you know, when aguacate or mango season is. And please do not let it stop coming. You know, you could bring me all that stuff. But now it doesn't literally refer to a physical fruit. First fruits means any income, wealth, or blessing that a Christian has received over the course of the year. That's the first fruit. Now, why is giving the first fruit important? Write that down. Why is it important? Genesis 4, verse 3 through 5. Genesis 4, verse 3 through 5. Once again, we are in our first stewardship focus. And the series is literally called First. And it says this, In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit of the soil as an offering to the Lord. 
And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. Now, this is a story that I'm sure we've all read. And you know the tradition and everything else, you know, about Cain and Abel and what ends up happening. But a lot of us are like, why did God prefer Abel's offering to Cain's offering? Well, it says here, okay, that Cain, okay, brought some fruits and vegetables in the course of time. There's two difference that takes place, you know, distinct difference between these two gifts. Cain brings something in the course of time. Fruits, vegetables, probably something he had left over. Maybe he and his family ate a little bit. He's like, oh, by the way, I got I got to take something to God. Now, Abel was a little different. Abel brought the best of what he had to God. He brought the firstborn of the flock, the healthiest of his animals. The best ones that he had. You see, and God noticed the difference between these two sacrifices. The Bible says that he looked on Abel's sacrifice with pleasure, but he didn't like what Cain brought him. Because God is always looking for what, guys? For our heart. He wants what's best. God doesn't want our leftovers. God doesn't want us to come to church, listen to what I'm going to say, to tip him. We go to a restaurant after church, and we leave a tip for the waitress. And a lot of times we come to church like, ah, God's been good this week. Let me give him a tip. God's not here for a tip. God wants what's best. The sacrifice of Cain and Abel teaches us a valuable lesson. What's that lesson? Giving our first fruits means giving our best to God. It means sacrificing something that costs us. Something that costs us. Something that could hurt. Okay, it means putting God first, even before ourselves and even before our families, guys. Now, that's heavy. But God won't compete. Making a first fruits offering opens us up to allow God to work in our lives. When we approach God with open hands rather than with a clenched fist, it makes it easier for Him to give us more to work with. So giving our first fruits, one, reminds us that God is our ultimate priority. Two, it shows that to God that if we are obedient to Him, we can be trusted with more. And three, and perhaps most importantly, being generous. It's the way that we show we are grateful to God for all that he's given us. You see, we're coming upon Thanksgiving. And I'm sure that if you're sitting here this morning, there's something that you're grateful for. I'm sure that maybe you've had a tough year. I know some of you guys here this morning. I know some of the personal stories of some of you guys here today and some of the issues that we've gone through. But guys, I want to tell you something. If you were able to get up of bed this morning and get dressed Okay, and maybe eat breakfast and get up. You have something to be thankful for. You have something to be thankful for. Every day that I get up and I try to put this foot down and I forget that it's messed up and I try to put my full weight on it and all of a sudden I feel like a throbbing. I'm like, Lord, make it healthy, Lord. Make it healthy, God. 
Because boy, you never think, even as part of your bodies, how important it is for them to be strong and healthy until they're hurt. We are thankful to God for everything that he's done this year. Everything. The good, the bad, and the difficult. We're thankful to God. So how are we going to give this first fruits offering? Romans chapter 11, verse 16. Romans eleven 16. I'm closing. If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, this is what the Apostle Paul says. If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. So how does this look like, pastor, in the practical? How does this whole first fruits thing look for me today? How do you determine the how, the when, the how much you should give in a first fruits offering? Well, let me tell you something. It should look different for everybody here this morning. For everybody that is here this morning, each person here is in a different season of their life. It should look different. But I'm going to give you a few steps that can help you this morning to get started and pointed in the right direction. You ready? Number one, I want you guys to pray. I want you to pray. Because if your goal is, is obedience to God, okay, if your goal, okay, is to be pleasing to Him, then it only makes sense that we go to Him in prayer. And that we ask him, Daddy God, what is it that you want me to do? Ask him what you should do with your money, with your resources. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen to what he says and obey what he says. Okay? Number two, prepare. God calls us to be good stewards, church, of his blessing, the things he has given us. That means that knowing, pay attention, guys, very important. Because this is where, this is where we give in a way that is honorable to God. Pay attention to what, it means knowing what you're able to give and when. Listen to what I'm gonna say. Unless the Holy Spirit speaks to you this morning and you come and you empty out your bank account, don't you dare come and bring me your rent money up here today. Unless He speaks to you. But if you come and bring me your rent money, this morning, because you didn't prepare, you know what that's called? That's not called giving and that's not called generosity. That's called irresponsibility. You guys understanding what I'm telling you? You're not going to have too many pastors tell you that because pastors just want you to give. Now, I'm going to make sure that when you give, you have enough to pay your rent and you can take care of business at home. Now, if the Holy Spirit tells you, I want you to do this because I'm trying your faith and I'm going to do something, then you listen to him and you obey. As we approach harvest time and time to give first fruits, I'm going to give you my personal example. This is what I do. At the beginning of the year when we give the first fruits offering, what my wife and I do, we start to prepare from November to save up because what I like to do in the first fruits at the beginning of the year is give the equivalent of my paycheck, my first paycheck. But when I give that paycheck, I don't stay and say, oh my God, how am I going to pay the stuff? How am I going to bring food to the table? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? No, I start saving from November. 
to make sure that when January comes along, I've saved enough according to what that first paycheck would be. So when I give it, what was I? I was responsible. I prepared to give. Are you guys understanding what I'm telling you this morning, church? Be responsible in your giving. Number three, prioritize. The whole idea behind a first fruits gift is putting God first. Okay? That might mean like I just told you, giving the first check at the beginning of the year. Or when you give your donation, I want to give it to missions. I want to give it to this project. I want to give it to that. It means that you prioritize God in your finances. For you give knowing where you're going to give and what it's going to do. And then the last one, you repeat. What do you mean by that, pastor? How often do you want me to give a first fruit offering? Well, traditionally, it was practiced once a year in the Bible. But like I said before, you could give as often as you like. Make it a part of your spiritual routine, of your spiritual practice. Let it be spontaneous. Let it be something you do sporadically. Give. However you give, the key thing is that you're giving with an open heart. I keep on repeating that. And an open mind. The process of giving above your normal tithe can help you, okay, prepare you for God to make a difference in your life. A huge difference. Making a first fruits offering demonstrates to God that you rather obey Him than obey what money tells you. So I want us to pray this morning. If you could bow your heads right there where you're at and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. And I thank you for your people, Lord. And I don't come up here irresponsibly this morning, Lord, to speak to them something that I just came up with. I come up here this morning, Lord, to share with them the full counsel of God and to share with them, Lord, the importance of giving, how that's part of your kingdom, how we're part of a kingdom that is a generous kingdom. And the most generous person in our kingdom is you, Daddy God, because you gave what was most precious to you. The Bible says that your son Jesus was your first fruits. And when you gave your son Jesus... You reaped an entire family of children. And that's why we gather this morning and we call you Abba. We call you Father. We could call you our Daddy. Because Jesus was your first fruits to rescue me. It was a promise to come. I wasn't there when Jesus died. But Lord, you look down and there was a promise that we would come. So this morning, we want to give to you, Lord, this first fruits offering from this first stewardship focus. And we want to give you, Lord, with a grateful heart, with gladness in our spirit. We want to come, Lord, like a little kid that does a card for his dad or for his mom that pleases and honors them. Now, right there where you're sitting, church, I want you with your eyes closed a second. Before we get into this giving mode, I want to speak to those people that might be visiting today for the first time. 
And I want to tell you, or you might be watching online, that the Bible says that God loved you and I so much that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not die but have everlasting life. Jesus lived the perfect life that you and I couldn't live and died on a cross to pay for your sins and my sins. And I I just prayed a second ago. God gave Jesus as His first fruits to bring in a whole family of children. Today, this morning, right there where you're sitting or right there where you're watching, if you invite Jesus into your heart and you make Him your Lord and your Savior, the Bible says that you're forgiven of your sins. You become a son or daughter of God receiving the gift of eternal life, which is a relationship for which you were created by God. If you would like to do that this morning, I want to ask you there with your eyes closed and head bowed, that you make this prayer with me. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, today I invite you into my life. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Come in and forgive me of all my sins. Make me a son or daughter of God. And fill me with the Holy Spirit, allowing me to live a life that is pleasing to God from this day forward. Thank you, Lord, for dying for me on the cross. And Father, today I come into your arms and I receive the love that you have for me as your child. In Jesus' mighty name.